I want you to take your Bible tonight and turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 1. I always give the, the director's address. That's my privilege to preach the first sermon. Usually to let you know which way it's going or what's going on or if there's going to be a major theme this week. Luke, chapter 1. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. As we begin reading at verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came into her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. If you look upon the table that is in front of this pulpit stand, you'll see a picture that I put up there today. That picture is of Jesus walking on the water. And the verse of scripture that is used in this caption is the verse that I want to preach from tonight. Because it pictures him walking on the water and it's Luke 1, 37 where it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. <clears throat> Boy, if I ever saw a positive note, that's one. There's not any negativism in that note. Because you, and I'll let you sit down in just a moment after we have prayer. But generally we say, but or however. But in this, there's no negativism at all. Because you can't come up with anything that God can't do. So you may be facing an impossible situation, but I got news for you. That impossibility is a possibility with God, and nothing shall be impossible with Him. You say, well, I'm hung up, and I can't get past this. I got news for you. You're going to get past it. If it's of God, you're going to get past it. I mean, God's in operating business, and God works in the realm of your impossibilities. Isn't that good? Amen. That's shouting ground right there, folks. Amen. You say, well, it hadn't happened yet. What does it say? Nothing. With our God, with our God, nothing shall be impossible. How much is nothing? Nothing. You say it's zero. No. Zero is something. Zero is a zero. Nothing is not even a zero. No thing. That's exactly right. And that's what it means. No thing. With God. For with God. Say it with me, all right? For with God. 
nothing shall be impossible. Now, you believe that? I know you believe that, but I'm trying to get a set in our minds intellectually so that it'll affect our hearts. Because we look at it and say, with me, look how I am, preacher. That's generally our problem. We look at ourselves and we major on the impossibility of it. And after a while, you're going to have to look from yourself and look at God because with God, he majors on possibilities. And he says with him, nothing is going to be impossible. So I want to dwell on that for just a little while. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the folks being here. I thank you most of all for the presence of the Holy Ghost that's here tonight. And thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the songs that have been sung. I'm glad, hallelujah, we're going to make it through the way of the cross. And sinners get saved this week, they're going to make it through the cross. But I want to thank you that heaven can come down and glory fill our souls. Oh, thank you tonight with an anticipation in my soul. Thank you for letting me preach, God. I realize my life could be taken out of here and could be tonight, but I'm glad I got another opportunity to stand in the safe, sacred place and preach the word of God. Lord, thank you for these preachers that are here tonight, and I pray that you'll anoint them in a special way and let them speak like they've never spoken and let them preach like they never preached and let the Spirit of God sweep through this place like he's never swept. And may there be an unusual move of God up and down the avenues of our heart. And before we leave this place, I pray there'll be Holy Ghost conviction so strong that we'll cry out for mercy and forgiveness and then the joy bells of glory will ring when those impossibilities are become possible. Lord, I just ask you to do for us tonight what you know that we need and not what we think we need. Oh, give us the, the knowledge that you want us to have. Give us the insight. Give us the wisdom of God. Let us see as you see. Let us think as you think. Let us know as you know. And Lord, I pray that I, here this evening that when we see an insurmountable place and, and uh, something that we can't get over and a hurdle that's there, it's impossible for us, may we look to you because with you it's possible. Oh, help us tonight and help me to preach in the next little while. And I'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I know that you have been preaching on this, and I'm sure Brother Claude and Brother Ed and these preachers have been preaching about this. Because this is part of the Christmas story. But I want to take this part of the Christmas story and dwell again on salvation. I'm sure you expected that. I wouldn't have to tell you I was going to do that. You knew I'd do that. Whatever I preach to you, you're going to wind around salvation somewhere. It's either going to be on it or from it, one or the other. Either it's going to be dealing with it so you can't get saved, or if you're saved, the reason why you are what you are is because you were saved. So, hallelujah, one way or the other, you're going to get salvation. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You study First Peter and you'll see that everything stems from the salvation. That is, it's just like... Like a stalk that comes up. And, and you, when he talks about going on with the salvation, he's not talking about going away and leaving it. He, he's talking about a, like a, a hundred-story hotel or motel, if you, or you call it. But let's say a hotel, and it's got an elevator going up. Hey, you may go up to the hundredth floor, but you've got to go back down to the bottom floor to get out, hadn't you? Well, that's the way it is about salvation. Hallelujah, get a bottom floor, and then you can leave it and go on, build on it. But every, every day, you've got to go back to it for some reason or another. That's when it's good to know that you 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 know that you're saved. Hey, hallelujah. I, I'm just trying to tell you tonight that one way or another, salvation 
is the very basis of all that you do. It is the springboard of all godliness and righteousness. If a person is not saved, he doesn't know what righteousness is and he doesn't know what godliness is. But if he is saved, from that will come all the manifestations of the Spirit of God and godliness and holiness and righteousness is a byproduct of the salvation that God worked in the heart. Well, here's an impossible situation. One we're going to talk about tonight and we're going to understand some things about impossibilities. But to do that, hold your finger here and just turn with me just for a moment. And let's look at some verses. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. But without faith, it is... And when I come to impossible, say it with me, would you? All right, now let's go again. But without faith, it is impossible to please God... For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, it is impossible to please God unless you believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, turn with me if you would back into the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel in chapter number 19. Beginning at verse number 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he saith unto him, He saith unto him, which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, all these have I kept from my youth up. What like I yet? Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto the disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But with Jesus, when, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible is that what he really said folks is that what he really meant (laughs) but with God (laughs) how many things are possible Now, without faith, it's impossible to please him. All right. You're going to have to believe that with you, it's impossible for you to save yourself. That's the reason why an old-fashioned Holy Ghost preacher doesn't make salvation too difficult. He makes it impossible.
You say, well, that's worse than hard. Got that right. <laughs> See, if it was just hard, it would mean that you hadn't come upon the right kind of knowledge in yourself and the sufficiency on your own with enough wisdom to understand salvation. If it's just making it hard, and, and some people think we're making it hard, we're not making it hard. Isn't that right, preach? We're not making it hard, are we? Salvation's not hard. Whoever told you it's hard? It's impossible. Isn't that harder, John? Hey, you got that? So, boy, that makes me want to give up. Not if you understand this. For with God, nothing should be impossible. All right, I'm just trying to lay the groundwork, all right, for our story. Because I want you to know, you're in the same predicament Mary was in. You say, what do you mean I'm like Mary? Because Mary could not birth the Son of God by herself and on her own. And you can't save yourself. know what a miracle is? A miracle is God's operation in the realm of the impossibility. That's what he came to do. Yes, Jesus was a man watching the miracle working Jesus. And salvation is a possibility with God. It never has been a possibility with men. And the rich young ruler said, who then can be saved? See, in this day, you don't hear any preaching that's impossible to be saved. Only what you hear is the easy believing that's possible. This may be the easiest day of the year. How many summers do you hear around here that you hear out there that says it's going to be on the TV it says today? How many summers do you hear down there that Jesus would they let you preach to? That preacher's nuts. 
Salvation is true for everybody. That's right. But Jesus said it's impossible to get this rich man saved. It's easier to put it, and that's what he meant. You can't put a camel through the eye of a needle. They said, well, that's that little hole in the wall. I don't believe it. I believe it, and I believe he was talking about a needle. And if you see a very big old camel, and you're going to put it through the eye of that needle, and somebody says, well, you can't do that. That's what Jesus said. And so the disciples said, who then can be saved? And what did Jesus say? <laughs> With men, with men, it's impossible. Mm. You say, well, what does that do, preacher? It should put your faith in God and not in men. It's good to honor and respect the preacher. But when it comes to salvation, not even the preacher can help you at that point. Ooh-wee. But. Mary was having a problem right along this time. Now, I mean, she's asking some questions. I want you to see this. And you say, well, preacher, you don't know the problems I got. Mary had some. I had some. Some of you've had some. And some of you got some now. But I got good news for you. Nothing's going to be impossible with God. He will handle what your problem is. He knows where you are. He knows what you need. And he knows how to get you there. But hallelujah, you're the one. You're the one God's dealing with. And when he's dealing with you, what a glorious truth there is in that. All right, let's look at it now. Let me, let me show you another verse here before we go back to the story. Look over in Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17. Oh, I'd love to hear those pages turn. Let's begin reading verse 14. And they were come to the multitude. There came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and off into the water. If you ever saw an impossible situation, there's one to cure that boy. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. You know what that says to me? That says not even the disciples can do it. Mm -hmm. This is one demon possession that is going to take Jesus to do it. Not even the disciples, though Jesus had given power to the disciples to cast out evil spirits. But here was something they couldn't do. And hallelujah, when it gets to salvation, that's something that nobody but Jesus can do. Disciples can't do it for you. Preachers can't do it for you. Friends can't do it for you. Family can't do it for you. If it's going to be done, Jesus is going to have to do it for you. But listen, listen what happens. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Hmm. Then came the disciples to Jesus' part and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove and... Thank you. And what? Nothing. Nothing shall be impossible... But if you ever listen, listen to the next two words. 
unto you. Remember what I said? That faith is impossible to please him. But if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible to you. He said, boy, that's hard for me to grasp, preacher. Well, let's take our story now, all right? A little virgin lady. And by the way, I heard him. I, I've heard some of the most unusual things this Christmas I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Shirley and I were going to Memphis the other day, and uh, I listen to religious music just about all the time, but somehow we turn on a, on, on a blues channel. And it was black folks from New Orleans music. And I heard Christmas music like I ain't never heard Christmas music. <laughs> I heard songs I didn't know existed. I, I caught myself going, <laughs> just like they were going. <laughs> In fact, it, it, the type of music some of them were playing was what you hear when you drive up beside some of the people in those cars. Well, I, st I remember we stopped at one of those red lights and I just reached over and turned the blood thing, just blasting. I want to see how they felt. <laughs> But it was one, one of the songs I never, never heard was Santa Claus Needs Some Loving. <laughs> and, one, and one of the things, one of the things that got us was, one of the songs said, I'm, I'm going to get the gifts out from under the Christmas tree that I've addressed to me and give them to myself. Man, I, I tell you what, I've heard more things. But I flipped on the TV the other day, and that, that guy said that that word virgin didn't mean what it said. That it just meant a young woman. You heard that? But there's a little phrase that will prove them wrong. And that little phrase that says, and Joseph knew her not. Till she brought forth her firstborn child. You know what that makes her? A virgin. They may translate virgin as young woman, but when it said he didn't know her until after she brought forth the first one, that makes her a virgin. Right, here's a little virgin lady has no comprehension whatsoever that she is chosen to be the mother of our Lord. But there she is in the city of Nazareth. And an angel by the name of Gabriel was sent to her. And by the way, the word angel is a translation of a word for messenger. Evangel. Evangelist. Evangelist. It means a man with a message who comes to Mary to declare God's truth. How are they going to believe in him? Of whom they not heard. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? Oh, thank God for the messengers of God. That God sends with the messages for the people. Because faith coming by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Oh, my. 
angel Gabriel came to this little lady, this girl, and said, Blessed art thou among women. Can you imagine now? Here is an impossibility. And that is that a virgin will have a child without a man. Don't let that throw you. Because a virgin birth is a possibility with God and an impossibility with Mary. We've seen salvation is an impossibility with you, but a possibility with God. Creation of man was an impossibility to start with because in the creation, God made a man out of the dust of the ground. And then he, he wasn't even around. God made him. And if God can make a body by the conception of the Holy Ghost in the womb of Mary and make a possibility out of an impossibility, he can certainly by his Holy Ghost deal with you as a sinner and conceive you by the Holy Ghost and do a work of salvation in you. All right, we've already read the story. No need to be reading all of that. I said, you're highly favored. And said, thou shalt, since you found favor with God, thou shalt bear in thy womb a child. He'll be called the Son of God. I said, preacher, you mean to tell me she's going to birth God? Can you tell me which is the greatest miracle? Will the Holy Ghost conceive in the womb? of Mary, the body of the Lord Jesus, for him to make his entrance as a man into this world, or for him to conceive in you through the work of the Holy Ghost and birth the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart? Which was easier, in the womb or your heart? They're both the same, impossibility without the Holy Ghost. (laughs) But whoo, hallelujah, if he can birth, if he can birth, the Son of God in the womb of Mary, he can birth the Son of God in my heart. And did. You say, how? I don't know. I just believed that it was done. Oh, not, not easy believism. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. Just say down and get to say a few little words. I'm talking about what he said. She said, how can this be? How, 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 how? How is it? What did the angel but she's trying. She's not rebelling. She's getting more light. And it's working. It's, it's doing its work. And you say, why, why is it taking so long? Can I ask you a question? Why is it taking you so long? Yeah. Hey, you got it yet? He said, well, I ain't got it yet. She ain't got it yet either. She hears it, but she still hasn't got it. It has still not done yet, but it's being done. It's being worked on. It's being worked out. It's worked in her heart. You know, I think the saddest thing in this day is some people try to cut the work of the Holy Ghost short. That's true. And stop it. Man. Hey. All you got to do is go along with him and he'll give you the light. He'll enlighten you. He'll give you more light. He'll bring you along. All you got to do is go with him. I ain't got to tell you yet. I'm still trying to work it out. That's what your problem is now. You hadn't arrived at it. It's an impossibility. 
Preacher, you sound like you're trying to get me to stop. You got it right. <laughs> I get you to stop doing what you think you're supposed to do and believe him to do it. I know that's impossible without the work of the Holy Ghost, but hallelujah, that's what he's about. That's what he's doing. And nothing. He said if you got faith that's greater than mustard seed, you'll say to that mountain, move, and nothing shall be impossible as you do it. Nothing shall be impossible to you. That's what he said. Hallelujah, folks. Now, Mary's about to get it, but she needs some help. She needs some help. You ever got to the place where you need some help? Mm -hmm. And where's she going to get the answer? That messenger is going to give it to her. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what's true, folks. You won't believe this, but it sure is good being a preacher. But half the time, it scares me to death being one. I have thought about quitting the ministry many times when I thought of responsibility of souls of people being put in my hand to preach to them. Scares me to death sometimes thinking, what if I mislead them? What if I don't preach what's right? And I'll think, maybe somebody else will be doing this besides me. And I don't claim that I'm a good preacher. I don't claim that I know much. But I sure do know what salvation is. I may not know everything about it, but I know enough to preach to you the truth. Right. But about the time I think I'm going to quit and walk off and leave it, I'm thinking somebody might take my place who doesn't know anything about, about salvation, and I don't want souls entrusted to somebody who doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I decide I think I'll stay on just a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> keep on preaching just a little bit longer. Amen. And keep on preaching the same gospel. Because if it worked in me, it'll work in anybody. And if it worked for Mary, it'll work for you. Nothing should be possible. All right, now what, what is it? Where is it? Why does she need some help? Why does she need some help? This messenger knew what help she needed. So you know what the, the help was? Here it is right here. Thy cousin Elizabeth. Thy cousin Elizabeth. She's expecting a baby too in her old age. Well, Mary knew her cousin Elizabeth was too old to have a baby. And the angel was saying, if he can do, if God can do that for Elizabeth, he can do that for you, man. Hallelujah. How many times has God used somebody's testimony to get to you when nothing else did? That's right. That's the word. You better listen when God moves on somebody to get up and give a word of their testimony. Because it just might be what you need to encourage you and enlighten you and let you see the truth. In fact, somebody wouldn't even have known you were lost if somebody hadn't gotten up and given a testimony and you realized you didn't have what they had. Then along the way, maybe somebody stood up and said, I want to tell you when I got saved, and I want to tell you the difficulty I had, but one day, one day, and all of a sudden in your heart, you say, this is the day. The Holy Ghost starts dealing with you about that day, and then you realize, that's it. God may have to encourage you in some ways that nobody knows anything about but him. 
he'll lay it on this man to encourage him. But the second encouragement she needed is this birth right here. Here it is. Mary, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And it comes right after the truth about Elizabeth. Mary, you know that it was impossible for Elizabeth to have this baby. But nothing's impossible with God. And Mary, if God can do that for Elizabeth in her old age, then God by the Holy Ghost can have the power of God come upon you and birth that baby Jesus. Now here's her faith. Here it is. Here's her faith. She doesn't say any magic words. I get so tired in this day of hearing them on television pray this prayer. Sometimes I'll listen to a preacher just to hear how he's going to give his invitation. I have not heard one, not one, give an invitation that even sounded like old-fashioned salvation. Now, maybe you have. I have. The ones I hear... I mean, boy, they'd be doing good. They'd be preaching good. But when they get down, they'll say, pray this prayer after me. They'll pray this prayer while they're looking at you right through the TV set. When they get through with that, they'll say, now, if you prayed that prayer, you're saved. Send us your name and address, and we'll send you some literature. That sounds great. That sounds marvelous. But I want to tell you something. There comes a time when Mary had to believe something before the conception could take place. And I know this. I'm not making it hard, like I said. I made it impossible. But at the same time that I'm making it impossible with men, I'm making it possible with God. Do you know what makes religious sinners mad sometimes? Is when a declared sinner comes in and gets saved just like that. You know why they do that? They don't have any hang-ups. <laughs> you tell me a sinner, oh yeah. Tell me wicked, yeah. Tell me headed to hell, yeah. Tell me no good, yes. Tell me unfit for heaven, yes. Mm-hmm. Tell, them, I, tell them how bad I am, yes, yeah, yes I am, yes I am, yes I am. Tell that sinner how Jesus died on the cross. If he believes on him, he'll get saved. He say, yes, yes. And they ask him, and God saves him just like that. Now, some people don't believe he can get saved in all one service, but I do. I believe he can get served all one time. Lucy's singing about it tonight. Thief on the cross got saved one time. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. But I want to tell you something, folks. Mary needed some help and got it. And listen to what she says. She didn't pray a little prayer. She told that angel, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. If I ever saw faith, that's it though, friend. Just because the word yes is used, or God be merciful to me, a sinner, 
or forgive me. Just because those words are used doesn't mean those words are going to work. What you need to do is pray what's in your heart and know what somebody else has said. Oh, I don't care if you pray. I prayed everything anybody in that I'd ever heard. Until I finally prayed what God put in my heart. Thank you. Listen to this. Be it unto me according to thy word. Well, you mean she got saved over that? Well, we don't call it saved in this particular passage of scripture. We're talking about the virgin birth. But it was faith. And the same faith that unleashed the operation of God in the realm of her impossibility was be it unto me according to thy word. That's what salvation is. It's coming down to say, Lord, you want me to believe upon you? You want me to trust in you? Do for me whatever thy word is. You call it saved, Lord, save me. But if it's faith, it's done. And nothing shall be impossible. Now, I don't know what all God's going to do this week because I've never had him deal with me about this verse and any camp meeting I've been in. But I do know this. This right here is the theme for this week. These next two days. Now, I can't guarantee you what's going to happen. I have no idea. But being a preacher, I'm like a little child who goes into the toy store just before Christmas time. Have you ever seen a child in a toy store? <laughs> we did a lot of shopping this time. And when we go into the toy sections of those stores, those kids run, they, they don't pay any attention to you. They're looking at the toys. Everything, they're grabbing those toys. They're excited and they're thrilled because they know Christmas time's coming. When God began to deal with me about this, do you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for some impossibilities in these next two days to become possibilities. Yeah. Ooh, wouldn't it be great if somebody got saved here? No. He said, well, it won't be me. <laughs> Why? Is it an impossibility? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you, Brother Charles. It's an impossibility. Well, hallelujah. Sound like you just might be the one. Because now you're getting to the realm where you understand you can't, but he can. And it's not by your will, though you exercise your will. But it's by the grace of God and the ministry of the Holy Ghost. What a marvelous truth that is. Hey, folks, this is the reason we pray like we do. This is the reason why we have services like we do. And this is the reason I like for us to get together like this. We need all the help we can get. You say, help on what? We need some testimonies of old-fashioned salvation. We need to sing some songs in which we know that God's in. And we need to preach and, and give some encouragement to these sinners. I'll tell you something, folks. Some of you that I know and I love you, you're as lost as you can be, but we've been right there. And the good news for you that no matter what it is, if it comes to salvation, Jesus said it's not possible. But with him it is. So you know what I decided to do? I decided to stay on his side. Amen. Come on now. Help me. I'm going to be like a black preacher now. Give me a witness. Good news. Did you hear? Did you hear? Glad tidings. The other day I was, I was studying through the Christmas story. I, I, I've been, for seven weeks I've been teaching that in my Sunday school class here. And teaching the Christmas story, we call it. 
Seven weeks, I enjoyed it. But one thing I learned about it, there's not a negative note in it, and all of it is filled with words like joy and rejoice and gladness. I found this to be true. And with this, I'm going to close my part here tonight. We're going with the service. When that angel appeared to those shepherds, it said there was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, peace, and on earth, goodwill toward men. I shared that with just the folks this this past Sunday. But that's one of the passages of scripture that blesses me. Because when he said goodwill toward men, that little word right there means good intention. As though God said, I'm going to do you good. I've sent my son to do you good. Friend, when it comes to salvation, there may be some negative parts in it when you see the impossibility. But there's a positive side that says God has come. Amen. Isn't that good? So you want to know what the theme is the next couple of days? There it is right there. Now nobody else has to preach on it. It's just the underlying truth right there. One more time with me, okay? Let's quote it together, all right? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Don't get to preach another note. Don't get to preach another word. That's one of the greatest verses I ever read. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. If he could do it for Mary, he can do it for you. Amen. 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 We're just glad you're here. All right, come on, John. Listen to another song.